the whole phrase of saying you can't fill from an empty cup is literally what I live by nowadays. It's when you prioritize someone else's needs over yours, you also notice that your productivity kind of suffers. I think at the end of the day, it's so important that I realized during this whole quarantine and pandemic, give yourself the grace that you need, because sometimes we just don't. You're listening to Say Yes to You with me, Just Ange Marie, a podcast focused on inspiring you to say yes to you, your life, and your happiness. Let's say yes to showing up genuinely, authentically, and unapologetically to become a better, stronger version of you one episode at a time. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Say Yes to You podcast. My name is Ange, I'm your host, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. First things first, you know the deal. Please take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your Instagram story and tag me at JustAngeMarie so I can connect with you and talk to you about today's episode. And thank you for being a supporter of the Say Yes To You podcast. Also, I just wanted to mention that I'm open to both compliments and critiques. This podcast is not for me, it's for you. So I'm always excited to hear the things that you like about it, but I'm also totally open to hearing things that you don't like about it as well so that I can improve and make the episodes even better for you. All right, now that we've gotten that stuff out of the way, let's dive into today's topic, which is saying yes to saying no. I absolutely love this topic and I am so excited to talk about it. This one really resonates with me personally and I know that it will resonate with a lot of you as well but I cannot take credit for coming up with this topic. Today's guest, Druvi, messaged me on Instagram and asked me if we could do an episode on saying yes to saying no, as in saying no to things if you have too much on your plate or saying no to something that you flat out just don't want to do. And I was like, hell yeah, let's freaking do it. Because I know that saying no to things if I had too much on my plate or saying no to plans just because I flat out didn't want to go is something that I've had a lot of trouble with over the past few years, and I still have trouble with it to be completely honest. I'm getting better, I'm making improvements, but I know it's not easy. And I know that you might struggle with these things too. So first, I just want to rewind to one of those times in my life when I had trouble with saying no to things and I stopped saying yes to me. And this was in college. In college, I was literally told freshman year by one of my professors to say yes to everything. Don't get me wrong, my professor had good intentions and just wanted to give us some motivation to try new things in order to get involved, meet new friends, discover our likes and our dislikes, and find our niche in college. But at the same time, I was one of those students who took that very literally And I started saying yes to everything, and I started feeling extremely guilty for ever saying no. So let's talk about everything I did in college because of that. I was the staff writer for my school's newspaper. I was an on-campus photographer. I was a student ambassador, an orientation leader, then an editor for the school's newspaper. I was a classroom coach assistant for a multimedia storytelling class. I was a student employee for our alumni office. I worked at a Pilates studio off campus. I became the editor-in-chief of our school's newspaper. I had an internship with Comcast Newsmakers. I traveled abroad to Guatemala. I picked up an exercise science and health promotion minor. I had an internship with QVC. 
I took an honors class that made a website on mental health. I kid you not, the list goes on and on and on. But my junior year of college is when I really stopped saying yes to me because I didn't want to say no to anybody else. Going into my junior year, I knew that I was going to be the editor-in-chief of my school's newspaper. And because of that amazing opportunity, I got to travel to Georgia for a week and go to a week-long conference where you met other editor-in-chiefs from other schools from different states. And you learned basically all about how to be a successful editor-in-chief and how to successfully run a school newspaper. During that trip, I remember I was feeling pulled in two different directions. I remember prioritizing getting up early, working out in the hotel gym by myself at 6 a.m. before the day even started, eating healthy, posting on my health and fitness Instagram every single day, which was fitness by Ange at the time, literally to the point where I asked for vegetarian lunches whenever we would get a mass order of food, and I would be sitting alone in the back of the room full of people at lunchtime, focusing on writing an Instagram caption about health and fitness for my Instagram. And this constant pull of being in two different directions continued into my junior year. I did something that I was not proud of in the beginning of the year, but I remember being the editor-in-chief of the paper and I showed up late to a newspaper layout because I was at the gym working out. I also remember sitting in the newspaper layouts writing captions for my Instagram page or sitting in the back of a class and making videos on my phone for my Instagram. Basically, I was saying yes to me, my health, and my drive to be a virtual health and fitness coach, an influencer, whatever you want to call it, but because of that, I was not doing a good job of saying yes to being the editor-in-chief of my school's newspaper. I also said yes to me by picking up an exercise science minor, and I tried to shove all of that complex information into my brain on top of all of the other things that I was already doing, and that is what really set me over the edge. But it sucks because health and fitness and exercise science became the things that I was truly interested in and I really wanted to learn more about them. But my brain just couldn't take it. I couldn't do it at that point because I'd already said yes to too many other things. I was a junior, it was my fourth semester out of six, and it was just too late. So that is what I think is a perfect example of how when you say yes to too many other things to please other people, you end up saying no to you. Or when you say yes to you, you have to say no to other people, other things, other opportunities, and learn to be okay with it. Learn that you might feel guilt, but the guilt will pass. The guilt should not consume you, it shouldn't weigh you down, and it shouldn't stop you from saying yes to you. And I also believe, after going through what I've gone through, that you have to say yes to you before you can show up for other people. Let me say that again. You have to say yes to you before you can show up for other people. For example, before I did this podcast today, I had a virtual therapy session, I went on a 30-minute walk, I did 10 minutes of yoga, I had my coffee, I had my water, and I had two meals. Before doing this podcast today, I had to say yes to me. I had to fill up my cup before I could come on here and do this episode to the best of my ability and before I could start preaching to you about how to say yes to you. I know that if I did not first show up for me, I would not show up well for all of you. And this is something that actually plays a role in my relationship as well. My boyfriends and I had to learn about this for each other, and I'm actually so thankful that we went through a few uncomfortable disagreements about this to get us to where we are now. 
I'll never forget when I asked Matt to hang out, and he came over in the afternoon, basically as soon as possible, and he got to my doorstep, and before we even stepped inside, he looked at me and he went, I'm hungry. And to my defense, this was at a time before I was taking my mood stabilizer, my antidepressants, going to therapy. It was before I was doing all of the self-care things that I'm doing right now, which really helped me feel more stable and not lose my shit like I did that day. Because when this happened, I lost it. I was like, what do you mean you're hungry? You didn't eat lunch before you came over? Is it my job to feed you as soon as you get here? Now you're probably thinking, chill out Ange, stop being such a bitch and just make your boyfriend a sandwich. But this was about learning that our relationship is not about people pleasing. I don't want him to say yes to me and not say yes to him. I'm like, I love you and of course I want to see you as soon as possible, but before you come over, I want to make sure that you show up for yourself and take care of yourself instead of coming over as soon as possible without doing anything for you first. So now before Matt and I hang out, I know that he makes breakfast, he makes lunch, he has a protein shake, he goes for a walk, he listens to a podcast, he reads a book, he'll spend time with his family, he says yes to him, and he fills up his own cup before coming over and showing up for me. And that is what today's episode is all about. So let's dive in. Today I will be talking to my friend Ruby about saying yes to saying no. Druvy is a fashion, clean beauty, and lifestyle influencer and content creator. She's also a Master's of Public Health student at Thomas Jefferson University going into her second year, and she works as a graduate and teaching assistant at Jefferson as well. She's not taking any classes currently since it's summertime, so she usually spends her time working on research projects, data analysis, and other teacher assistant things like getting materials and scheduling done before classes begin. She also spends time content planning for her Instagram. So Druvy has it all going on. She's a super busy gal and there is never a dull moment in her life. And I am so happy that she made the time to sit down and talk with me today about saying yes to saying no. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Druvy about saying yes to saying no. Druvi, thank you so much for doing this today. I am so excited to have you and to talk about this topic. I already said that I did not come up with this topic myself. You messaged me, you asked if this was something that we could talk about, but I'm so excited that we can talk about it together and I can have your viewpoint and your perspective of how you have said yes to saying no in your life. Would you just like to first introduce yourself and talk a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in life right now? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me, Angie. This has been great. I've been listening to your podcast, and it's just so inspiring that you're doing this and you're motivating yourself, and I've seen your journey and heard about that. So props to you, kudos, and I just want to say how inspiring you are for taking on this new thing in your life. Um, And I'm so glad we're here talking about saying yes to saying no. Um, When it comes to me, I'm currently a master's of public health student at Jefferson University going into my second year. So we'll be graduating very soon with my MPH. Apart from that, I'm also a fashion, beauty and lifestyle influencer and content creator based right here in Philadelphia. And this has been a great creative outlet for me to meet new women. And that's a fun fact. That's how I met Angie because it was one of the blogger events that we met at. And 
and I'm just so glad that I can connect to other incredible women and just meet so many empowering women like Angie herself through that platform as well. Yeah, so we did meet at like a meetup. It was something that I found through Instagram and it was a little bit after I moved to Philly and I was looking to meet more people and make new friends, especially in the fitness industry. So I'm so happy that I went to that event and we met there as well. And is that something that you do in your everyday life? Are you still doing like meetups and meeting with other women? And are you always expanding your circle in that way? Yeah, I love to network and connect with women. And I mean, obviously, right now, we're not doing any meetups in person. But there are still a lot of like events that are hosted virtually. I am in a few groups, which are Philly based, some that are also now branched out to international too, because this Zoom platform or whatever platform the group is using can now connect you to other women who are also around the world, as well as like other parts of the country. So it's been great that I'm still expanding my platform. I'm still meeting and connecting with new people. And the meetups still continue just instead of in person, they're virtually now. I love that. And can you talk a little bit more about what it is like to be a fashion, clean beauty and lifestyle influencer and content creator? Like, Just saying that, I was talking to my mom about how our generation is so different than her generation and how a job like the job that you are working and a lot of the jobs that have interested me and what I'm doing right now is just so different than any of the jobs that were available when she was my age. So something like that is just like it sounds so cool to say and I just really want to know more about what that job is like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting that you're saying that because this is something that I talked about in one of my recent Instagram lives just like not too long ago. And we were saying how like just a few years back, women were kind of put into boxes that, you know, like she's a scientist or she's in healthcare or she's in business or she's in finance. And I feel like over the last few years, we have evolved that we can be multi-passionate women who can be in healthcare like myself. I am studying to be in healthcare and I want to pursue in the future within the healthcare field. But at the same time, I don't have to limit myself into that one box. I can still be um creative person on this side and that's why I pursued this fashion beauty and lifestyle influencer where I can connect and collaborate and partner with brands and organization that and that's my passion and I still wanna be able to work on the side for that. So that's something that I personally find time for myself. I allocate a certain number of hours in the week. Sometimes it's more hours depending on who I'm working with, what my projects are. Um, sometimes it's less hours because my work is taking priority. Um, I also work at Jefferson as well as a graduate assistant and a TA. So right now, as the school season's coming back and fall semester is going to start, I know my work is going to pick up in the next couple of weeks. So I think at the end of the day, how you're saying how I manage this, I I would say it's all about prioritizing. Like, obviously, you and I, if we talk about our day-to-day life, it still looks different, right? We still have some form of routine, but then the day-to-day work life still looks different in that sense. So going back to your point, I want to say that we can be multi-passionate women. We can do multiple jobs. We can do two to three three things. We can pursue our passion at the same time working towards a career, building up a professional life. So if you are multi-passionate and you are doing multiple things in your life like you are, 
how does that require you to say no to other things? Because I feel like you are amazing at saying yes to you, which is why this interview is so exciting. But because you say yes to you and you allow yourself to be an influencer and master's a public health student and a teacher's assistant and you do all of these things for yourself and your happiness, how does that play into saying no and like what are some of the things that you have to say no to? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to track down a few years back where in college I was in a space where I was saying yes to new things. Like I would have people come up to me saying, well, this organization has a leadership position. Do you want to take it? This organization is looking for someone like you um, who is passionate about this or that. Do you want to take it? And at that point, um, I was so, and I think college is still a place where we are figuring ourselves out. So I was exactly in that spot, figuring myself out, figuring out if I even like my major or what I'm pursuing and whatnot. So that was a time where I kind of said, a lot of yeses to please other people. And let's say I initially went in with a leadership position and I thought it was something else, but it turned out to be something completely different. And sometimes these leadership positions are a whole year long position. So even despite that, I would continue working when I didn't really like what I was doing. So over the past few years, I have kind of rediscovered myself and kind of started setting boundaries and saying no to things that I don't want to do or don't necessarily enjoy. And of course, sometimes you sign up for a commitment and it is a work and it might look a little different than what you thought expected, right? But that comes true to any job. Like there's going to be parts of your job that even though you thoroughly really enjoy your job, there's still going to be parts of it that you don't really like that you have to do. But I think that's very different than signing up for something and really not liking any parts of it. So over the past couple of years, and especially this last year, I've started setting boundaries in a sense that when it comes to work, um, and I don't want, and I think that it's not the right fit, I have started saying no and saying yes to what I really enjoy. Um, There was even a circumstance that actually happened not too recently where I was working, I was also working at Jefferson before, and at the same time, the pandemic hit. So like, obviously, like our hours got reduced. And I was offered a new graduate assistant position. And I saw this more as a growth opportunity, because not only do I get to work with my professors, I get hands on experience with the research project and analysis that they're doing. And I knew that being at a university in a way that you're only allowed to work one job with being a full time master's student at the point, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to manage both of that. So Unfortunately, I had to let go of that other job. So, and we, and my boss and I ended on a very, very good term. But that was one of the opportunity and a time where I had to say no to say yes to something else because that was something that I saw as a growth opportunity. I get to work um, very closely with a professor. I brought it up to my former boss and she totally understood it really, really well, right? And not everyone is fortunate in a situation that you will end on such good terms when it comes to job opportunities like that. So that was one of the times where I recently had to say no to something because I had to say yes to something else. Um, Another time where I've been saying no a lot more is collaborations and partnerships. So in the influencer world, and you might know this because you have also have a great Instagram platform, is sometimes you get collaborations and partnerships um, that you might be interested Um, Sometimes something will come great along your way. And then sometimes there will be something that 
they think will fit your needs, but not you don't think it necessarily fits your platform in this position or at least in this time. So there's been a time where in the previous years when I had just initially started, any collaboration was great because I was so new to it, so I didn't really know, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I get to collaborate. But now I can be picky. Like, I've evolved over the last two years. I'm very focused in my niche. I know exactly what I want, what my mission are, what, what my mission is, what my values are. So I can be picky. And at the end of the day, it is my platform, and it it is who I choose to collaborate with. So I really look into the opportunities that come my way and I decide, does this align with me? Does this align with my values? And then sometimes if it doesn't, then I have to say no. And it could be a really great opportunity, but it's just not the right time and not the, maybe it just doesn't align in that moment. So those are some of the, um, I would say, examples of where I had to say no recently because I had to say yes to something else. God, all of that was so relatable for me because in the beginning of this episode, I talked about how the time when I said no to me and yes to too many things was also in college because you are trying to figure yourself out. You're getting lots of opportunities typically from upperclassmen that are on their way out and they're trying to bring in the new people and get them involved. And that's really great. But if you say no to yourself because you say yes to too many things, then I just believe that you're not showing up well for yourself and then you also can't show up well for other people. And the other thing is that I also relate to having to say no to jobs or leave jobs because they no longer align with you, having to say no to um, partnerships. That's something that I am having trouble with right now because the more traction my Instagram gets, the more messages I get about partnerships. And honestly, it's really hard for me to decipher what is a good opportunity versus what is an opportunity that is not worth my time. Like I'm getting lots of messages from like jewelry brands and I said yes to one of them, but then I started to learn I shouldn't be saying yes to like 15 different jewelry brands just because they're messaging me. The last thing that I can relate to when you say no to jobs or you have to leave a job or something is that sometimes it might not end on good terms. So I recently left my job in Philly in order to live at home and pursue other things, such as this podcast and starting my own business. I left a job at a Pilates studio in college because my health was not in a good place and I really needed to focus more on myself and just give myself a break. And the same thing happened my senior year of college. I said yes to me by moving out of college a semester early and again, just allowing myself to have that last semester of college to focus more on myself and my health. So have you ever had a time when you said yes to you and you left the job and things didn't end on good terms and how did you handle that? Yeah, um, there was a time where I was working. So right after undergrad, um, I was working as a medical scribe and then that was great because that's something I do want to pursue in the future. And then I did take on another job after that where I honestly did not enjoy the work that I was doing at all. And it was a time where, and also the company's turnover is really, really quick. Um, I, in the time that I was working there, I had like two managers change and I wasn't even working there for that long. And in this time being, I was really miserable working at that job. I really didn't like it, but I know I needed that to pay my bills. And 
And while that was more so a short term, because the company's role that I was working in has like really good turnover rates, I knew I was applying to master's program at that time. So the, the I remember these four particular months because I was in a really stressful position. I had also just moved to Philadelphia. My job let me work part-time in Philadelphia, and I was also living part-time at home in Delaware. So whenever I was hiring at that time, I would come to Philly, and then the other times I would be in Delaware. And I remember, like, that time was just so miserable. I would remember talking to my friends, my parents, and in that moment, like, I had to keep the job, of course, to pay the bills because I was still waiting to hear back from my master's. I didn't know what was going to happen, what the next step was. And I really didn't like what I was doing. So it was. It came to the point that as soon as I heard back from my master's program, I was like, this is it. I will probably find another job. It's okay if I find less hours of job, but I do not want to be here. And I definitely knew that working at that job, also doing master's, I would have not been able to handle that. So I... I left and I was like, this is not, and also I know like right after that too, some of the company's higher ups were also changed. So I don't even know what that looks like right now, but it was a moment where I didn't really like the people. There was no respect there. Um, I was getting overworked and in the moment I was just, it was just not a right fit, but I had to do it because it was, it comes to again, paying the bills and figuring out what my next step was. So as soon as I knew and I saw that I can see myself doing public health, and I, I'm so glad I did and I picked this because I absolutely love it and I'm so, so passionate, especially with everything going on in the current world. I am so glad I chose that field. And I don't know, like it was, I would have just been a miserable spot had I still been working in that place. I can definitely relate to that too because I majored in communications in college and while communications definitely plays a role in everything I do because it's writing, photography, videography, social media, I like it's hard for some of my family members to understand why I'm not doing a communications job at a desk nine to five every day because that would pay the bills well. Like, why am I building my own business? Why am I doing a podcast? Why am I doing photography and writing but doing it through Instagram and not for another company? So it can be hard for people to understand why you have to not do one thing in order to say yes to you and follow your passions and do something like you said that you're just so passionate about and you're so happy about. And that's also what happened to me in college. I discovered a little bit too late that my passion lied in health and fitness and exercise science. And I'm picking that up now again. I'm studying for my personal training certification, but it's totally worth it to pursue something else if that is your passion and if that's what makes you happy. Absolutely. And you bring up a really good point. Um, It's when you prioritize someone else's needs over yours, you also notice that your productivity kind of suffers. And then there's all this resentment that kind of builds up. So at the end of the day, you're also not doing justice yourself because by doing all these other things, which I was back a few years back, by doing all these other things, I did not have a time to catch a breath for myself. So I was not giving myself that time that I needed, whether that was self-love, whether that was self-care. I was not doing the things that I enjoy. So now I at least have like a few hours in a day where I can catch a breath, where I know that if I do need to restructure my day, I have that time to even restructure my day. And it's just for me to just sit down for a few minutes and 
just do the things that I enjoy, whether that is taking a break and just doing yoga or meditation if I really need to, or whether that is just spending those few minutes watching my favorite shows on Netflix and just getting my head again relaxed to go do the next task for the day or just go for a walk, you know, like it's just if you are doing an, so many things and you're not giving yourself that time, all that at the end of the day, it's you that suffers. I could not agree with all of that more. And you just said so many of my favorite self-care things. I love that you're saying meditation, yoga, going for a walk, Netflix, like a lot of people wouldn't think as like watching Netflix is self-care. And I know that that's something that I struggled with in the past too, was allowing myself to have that time to catch a breath. I used to feel like every minute of every day had to be filled with productivity and I had to be doing a million different things. Like in college, I would start my day working out at six in the morning and I would keep going doing different jobs and classes and major and minor and this and that until like midnight, one in the morning, two in the morning. And I neglected sleep and I thought that watching Netflix was unproductive and I still struggle with this from time to time, but I'm getting so much better with it because I'm realizing that if you don't first show up for yourself and fill up your own cup, that you're not able to show up well for everybody else or you're half-assing things for other people because you're not showing up for you. So is that something that you ever struggled with too in the past where you were kind of like addicted to being productive and doing things every minute of every day and you wouldn't allow yourself to even have that time to catch a breath? Girl, you are speaking my language right now. That is literally me all over the board. Um, the whole phrase of saying you can't fill from an empty cup is literally what I live by nowadays. Because especially now when we are not having in-person meetups and everything is on Zoom, people think you're available all times of the day at any hour, right? So uh, in the beginning, I literally struggled with that because as I was transitioning from work and being in person, school being in person, meetups being in person, social gathering, seeing friends, all of that being person. I really enjoyed that because I'm an extrovert. So for me, I, I like get energized by seeing people, my loved ones, and I just get motivated seeing other empowering women, meeting with new people, networking, and so on. So when it transitioned to this whole virtual lifestyle, in the first few weeks, I really, really struggled. I was like trying to fill up every single hour with something to do because that's what my life looked like. But I didn't realize in that in the whole filled day, I was taking breaks. I was traveling, going on walks from one place to the other. I so like I my mind was getting that mental break. But now when I'm literally sitting in front of a screen trying to fill up my hours by one Zoom call to the other to the other. I realized that was so not good for me in the first few weeks, and I had to change up that whole thing to have that work-life balance. I needed to make sure that I at least had one day in a week where I had no Zoom days, where I could just do things I really, really enjoy. And just recently, I had to move again to Philly, so I, uh, that has been so hectic in itself. So I made sure that I have a day where I'm not working, where I just have a day to myself where I can just go out and enjoy. So that whole filling up those days to do things just so you feel productive every single minute is literally my language. But I'm also working towards a better work-life balance 
And at the end of the day, like answering and checking in with myself, like what do I need? And if this can wait till tomorrow and I really need a break, then do it. I think at the end of the day, it's so important that I realized during this whole quarantine and pandemic, give yourself the grace that you need because sometimes we just don't. Amen. Absolutely. You said that so well. And something that definitely comes with having work-life balance, I think, you already said this earlier, is setting boundaries. And I feel like that's kind of trending right now. Like when I look through Instagram, I see a lot more people talking about setting boundaries. And can you talk about what that means to you and how do you set boundaries in your everyday life to make sure that you have work-life balance and that you have that time for self-care? Yeah. Um, so I think I mentioned earlier, kind of like just checking in with myself. Like I know every day is not the same. Like when you wake up and I'm sure you can feel this too. Like you feel some days you feel so energized and you're like, all right, I'm going to get three things on my to-do list right now. But then there are some days, um, especially nowadays, um, where I'm just like, oh, I do not feel like doing this, but I still have to do it because those are like the three things that I still want to have. Um, and I want to go back to the point where I at least have three things in my to-do list that I try to get done every single day. And if I can get more than that done, then that's fabulous. But I'm not going to hold myself like guilty for not having more than that done. So I try to write down three main things that I want to get done for that day. Or if they're especially prioritizing like what deadlines are coming first, getting that done versus other things that can wait. So when it comes to setting boundaries, I have what I've started doing is instead of just saying yes to something right away, I try to use let me think about it or I'll get back to you because that not only gives me time to reevaluate because obviously like let's say I come to you and I'm presenting you with this great fabulous opportunity and it sounds wonderful but at the end of the day like do you really have time for it and in the moment old me would just say yes yes I'm down to do this let's do this. But then now what I've started doing is giving myself that time to rethink, like, do I really have time in the 24 hours that I already do so much to add on this one other project? And while that project might be fabulous and great, I think in the moment I might just not have time for it, right? So like saying things like, let me think about it or I'll get back to you or um, let's talk about it more later gives me time to really think and evaluate that, okay, maybe this is not the right fit at the right now, but maybe in the future, it could be something that we can work on. So that really has helped me to kind of start saying no more, because I'm rethinking. And then I'm when I'm restructuring and writing down my to do list for the week, I'm like, Oh, wait, I have this many other things to do that I need to do first, instead of taking on this new project. So that's really helped me. And then for me, I really, really struggled like a year back saying no. So I started by saying no to smaller things, like smaller invites. Like um, I remember pre-pandemic, if I really didn't want to go somewhere, um, because there are so many times where in the past you're like, oh, girlfriends are like, let's go out or let's get let's get dinner or let's get a meal or let's catch up or whatnot. And I would always be like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I have to meet this friend and this friend is coming in town. I have to meet them. This friend's only here for this day. Like I have to literally clean up my schedule and clear it out for them. But then I, I really have started to like rethink, do I have the energy to do that one extra thing? Like maybe I just need to take a day off or maybe tomorrow I just stay in and it's okay. There will be multiple other opportunities to catch up with those friends. And Again, do you want to 
hang out with those people who can only hang out on their timelines. I think that is so important that last year kind of taught me that sometimes I would literally clear up my schedule for people who would only hang out with me on their timelines. And I think that's so important to learn. And that's what like adulthood teaches you is prioritizing not only yourself, but prioritizing the people that prioritize you. So that to me has what has turned into self-care and self-love, surrounding myself with only people that I know will make time for me. And those are the people that would also understand. It's okay to say no, and you don't have to justify to them with reasons why you can't make it. Like, um, I have a few of my closest friends, and I'd be like, no, I'm just not feeling it today. And they're like, that's fine. Let's hang out another time. But in the past, I've also met people and like, oh, sorry, I can't do it just because I said no or I needed a day to myself. So at the end of the day, it's not even about prioritizing yourself. You have to be willing to also give yourself the same love that you give to this other people. I wish you could see me right now as you're talking. I'm like fist bumping in the air. I'm not in my head. I'm like, yes, this is all so good. And I agree with all of this because my best friend moved to Tokyo for the past year. And it's really funny because she literally lives on the other side of the world. And we have this massive time difference where when I'm waking up in the morning, she's putting on her makeup to go out at night or vice versa. And she'll FaceTime me and I would just won't answer sometimes. And she knows like, it's not offensive like it's just not a good time for me to talk or when we get done talking on the phone like we take a while to talk on the phone because we'll only talk like once every week or two and we know that and it's like I'm busy you're busy we both have a lot going on so when we get done talking on the phone I'm like I'll talk to you whenever a good time is for us to talk again and I'm like if we want to talk later that day I'm like hey maybe I'll call you later but if I'm not feeling it like I just won't call again and it's completely fine and there's like no offense taken there and that's how I know like she is my best friend because we have that kind of relationship and we always say to each other like this is so good that we have this relationship where neither of us have to feel guilt and that's another thing with me too personally is that I don't have snapchat I haven't had snapchat since I was like a freshman in college so I deleted that really early on and I made that personal decision just because I don't like communicating through photos and literally like freshman, sophomore year of college, I just made the decision. I was like, people that really want to communicate with me will send me a text or pick up a phone and call me. Like, I know that seems kind of lame and old fashioned, but like people that really want to talk to you or people that really want to see you and people that are like your true friends aren't going to stop communicating with you just because you don't have Snapchat. So it's kind of like filtering out and clearing out the people that you don't really need in your life based on your own standards and morals and as we were just saying your own boundaries but something that I have struggled with a lot in the past is feeling guilty for saying no and I've gotten better with it to the point where I used to have really bad FOMO fear of missing out everybody knows and I've gotten over that and I've gotten to the point where sometimes I have, I saw it as a meme on Instagram. It was called Jomo and they said joy of missing out. And I literally posted about that on Instagram and I kid you not, I got made fun of in college because I got to this point where I was like, joy of missing out. Like, hell yeah, I'm a grandma. I'm going to bed at 9 p.m. I'm going to have my tea. I'm going to get a good amount of sleep. And this was at a point when like people that I was friends with were still going out and partying. So I got a little bit made fun of for like having the joy of missing out. 
So do you thrive in like the joy of missing out? How do you deal with FOMO? How do you deal with feeling guilty or not feeling guilty for saying no to things? So I absolutely feel you and I was in the same boat for FOMO. I get FOMO so, so bad, even if I just see someone having brunch outside. And I'm just like, oh, I could be having brunch, but here I am. So that's still something that I am, like, trying to get over, like, coping. And, I mean, obviously right now, like, I know myself and I'm not going to put myself at risk to try to do other things where I see some people still doing it. And just being a public health student, like, right now, obviously, there's no FOMO, but I know, like, at least I'm safe in my house and, you know, like, safer on the people that I'm with. But I used to struggle with that so much FOMO, like, before. So for me, I've also turned slightly more towards doing things which are good for me. Like, if I think that I just need a night in and I just need to watch Netflix or just cuddle up with a book or just do something else that is good for me, I have started to do that more often and saying no to those, like, not because I just don't have the energy in me to just do something else that night or that day or not go to that one meal. Because at the end of the day, like, my mom tells me this all the time, you're going to have so many opportunities to, if those people really want to hang out with you, they will make time for you. And also you're going to have so many opportunities to have those meals again or to go out or to do other things. But in that moment, if your health needs you, then your health needs you. Like why fall sick or why struggle with something just so to get that one night out? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you feel that way, but I've started to feel that way. And this past year, as I said, was kind of like rediscovering myself and kind of saying no to more things and saying yes to more of me. And that's what I also started doing. If something that I really didn't want to go to or someone I didn't want to hang out with, I've just started saying no. And people who know me, who love me, who support me, understand when I'm just not up for it and they respect that no. And they they also honor me by being okay with it. And we'll just make plans another time. And same goes for my friends. Like, I know when my friends just need a night off to themselves and they say no to not get hurt, it's not something against me. But at the end of the day, they're just not up for it or they just need time for themselves, respectively. So we would just rekindle later and then just hang out another time. So that is how my family and I function. I literally, like have felt guilty for like saying no to my mom. I remember living in Philly and she would text me on like a Saturday and be like, hey, do you want to meet up at the mall? Because I wasn't living at home with my parents anymore and I didn't really see them that often when I was living in Philly. So she'd be like, hey, do you want to meet at the mall? And I would look up the mall. I want. She wanted to meet at Christiana Mall and that was over an hour for me. And I was like, I worked all week. I'm exhausted. I don't think I should go. And that was one of the first times that I was like, I feel really guilty for saying no, but I'm going to say no because I really need a day to myself after working all week and I'm tired and it's too far of a drive and just all of those little things. Like, you know, when you need a day for you or when you need time for you. And that's when I started getting over my guilt. And I feel like that's kind of my standard. Like, I know it's my mom and it's my family, but my mom is literally one of those people where she'll ask me to do something like you said, like going out to get a meal or going to the mall or doing, I'll always say yes to getting my nails done. I'm never going to say no to that, but doing little things. And she's always fine with me saying no. And we just know like 
we can go to the mall another day. Like when you're feeling better, when I'm feeling better. And I like having that standard set for my friends as well. Just knowing like if it's possible for me and my family, then it's definitely possible for me and my other friends and friends that are worthwhile. And something else that you talked about is your wellness journey and how you started your wellness journey in the beginning of this year. So can you talk a little bit more about that and like where your wellness journey and your mental health journey are at right now? Yeah, absolutely. So as I was saying a couple years back, I was just not in the right space, I would say. I was just sad um, and I didn't want to feel that way. And obviously it just came out to be that I found something that I absolutely love and I'm passionate about which is my master's in public health. But at the same time, this my, as I was saying earlier, this creative platform has brought me to so many other empowering people. And the more I hear about other people's wellness journey and the things they're doing and hosting for other people, I found a new love for wellness and really taking the time to dive in, reflecting, journaling, meditating. Um, I grew up doing a lot of yoga, but there were just times that after, like, during high school, I stopped doing any form of yoga. So it was because of my wellness journey that I found my new love of yoga. And that's how I started going to yoga classes, um, meeting new people who also enjoy doing those things. So it was a lot of meeting people who enjoy to do the same things. And I realized that sometimes it's okay to go alone and you don't need a friend. Like I used to be very, and I still am in certain ways. Like you will find me. I will never go to a restaurant and eat by myself. Like that's still me. Like I hate eating by myself. So I still need someone to do that in that sense. But there were times at the beginning where I'm like, I don't know anyone at this event. Should I go? And I just took the risk and went. And I realized that I made, so many, so many new friends, and I met such incredible people. So I started doing more of that, and that's what rekindled my love for yoga and wellness. And also in 2020, I set a goal to myself to kind of just live a cleaner lifestyle, be more mindful of what I'm eating. Like my friends will say this, I am literally snack queen, and it's still my guilty pleasure where if I'm not having a good day, you can just tell because I will be snacking. So just being more mindful in what I'm eating, at least eating healthier meals, um, eating at least two full meals. There were times a couple years back where I would literally miss eating lunch because I'm just so busy, again, doing those 500 things in a day that I forgot that I even ate, didn't even eat lunch. So at least making sure that I have a good healthy meal. And also, I recently started working with a clean and safe beauty company, Beauty Counter, and started my own business with them not too long ago in earlier of 2020. And that's been amazing because that's brought me so much clarity, um, especially in the beauty industry. The FDA does not regulate the cosmetic and personal care um, products at all. So while we are literally reading everything on the back of the food and reading what's on there, what calories, what's fat, everything – there's nothing that says those in instructions about the ingredients in our cosmetic and personal care products. So when I found that out about Beauty Counter and how they ban using over 1,800 chemicals that are harmful and questionable for you, I kind of fell in love not just with their products but also their mission and how they advocate for cleaner and stricter laws. Um and me being public health, that aligned very well with me, being an ed advocate, being an educator, and using my platform to also share about that. 
which is why one of the reasons what I joined um, this clean and safe journey with them. And it's been amazing. The products are fabulous. And I just love working with them. So that is definitely something that I know that I have to get better at. I know that there are so many platforms out there that allow you to use like cleaning products and makeup products and beauty products that are vegan or that don't have all of those million ingredients that aren't good for you. I honestly am still stuck in my ways of like going to Walmart and I get like CoverGirl foundation and powder and like Maybelline mascara. I honestly just get whatever is cheapest right now and I am not aware of the ingredients in my beauty products. So something that I need to say no to is getting those products with the harmful ingredients in them and learning more about that and I need to say yes to getting cleaner beauty products. So can you talk to somebody like me or somebody else out there like me that has absolutely really no idea about using cleaner beauty products and what is it like to say no to getting like the cheap over-the-counter really easy um, makeup and beauty products and then start saying yes and like converting into changing over your products to use healthier makeups and things with better ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, girl, I was just there right before where you were last year, up till last year, I would also be like, oh, this is cheaper than the other. And you just walk in and something like catches your eye and you're like, why not try it? Right. But when you're just trying out any new product, you don't know how that's going to react to your skin like just recently. And I'm so fully I'm not just it's not about just using beauty counter. I'm using all cleaner products. And recently, there was this one company, still a very clean company. I've, I did my research, and I tried their um, toning pads. So they also work, like, they also have, a, like, peel, and I've tried that before. That works fine. So I was like, oh, these should be fine, like, just working as toning pads to take out my makeup, right? I used it, and this was just a couple weeks back, and apparently it stinged really bad to my skin. So, again, that goes back to understanding your skin and why you did that. So I did my research and I have super sensitive skin. So I found out that those like pads were really high in acid and that's why it reacted with my skin. So it also goes back to understanding your skin type and that's what Beauty Counter does that are really, really, really good. Like before what I tell all my new clients is before you even start buying any products, I ask them to take the skincare quiz. So I can understand better like what their skin concerns are, what kind of skin care they have, and then match them up with the regimens that they have available, like that their skin needs. So if you have drier skin, there's a regimen for that. You have a combination skin, there's a regimen for that. There's oilier skin, there's a regimen for that. Because each skin type has its own needs. Like obviously, if you have oilier skin, then you want to have those products that take away your extra oils, the access, but does not take strip away your natural oils, right? Because those are important. Those natural oils are already kind of built in your skin. But when you have drier skin, you don't need that. You need something that hydrates you, something that gives you that boost um, and keeps your skin not dry the whole time. So for me, when I do have drier skin, I need products that will be hydrating, that are filled with vitamins, that ha- that have antioxidants. So understanding your skin and what works for you, it's different for everyone. So I think that's a good place to start is where can you understand and what products are you using and how and do your research. Like here's my skin type, like you know your skin type best. So just starting with understanding your skin type and what products have worked for you in the past and 
And I think the dermatologists also recommend like using the product at least two to three times because you won't really know if they're working for you until you use like for a few months, right? So that's also very important. And going back to starting with Beauty Counter, I personally didn't want to buy a whole regimen set that can get so expensive. It's like I told this to all my clients, like when you're going to go to Whole Foods versus when you're going to another grocery store, obviously Whole Foods is more expensive because it's organic, right? So same thing goes with cleaner beauty products. When you're using other beauty products versus cleaner and safer beauty products, they're going to be more expensive because of the way they're built. So at the end of the day, it's like you have to see what your budget is and where can you start off. I started off with two products, and I would say, like, for a girl, having a cleanser and having a serum is so important. I feel like every girl should have at least those two products because that's your skincare routine. That's what you're going to use every single day. And that's where I started with. I started with skincare stuff, and then I started building it off slowly by month by month. And then now, just recently, I'm getting into makeup because also I'm not wearing any makeup every single day. So that's always a good place to start, starting with one or two products that you know you're using every single day or trying out something because some other product didn't work for you. So maybe this will work for you. So that's what I tell my all my clients, and most of them have done that. They've started with a couple of things that they really need or they want to try something new. And then eventually I realized that as they love it over time, they've bought more products as well. I love that. And that was so helpful. And I love that you're honest about like not wearing makeup a lot. And that definitely helps your skin as well. And the thing that you were saying about how you have to know your skin type and then you get like something customized for you or like the right product for you, depending on your skin type. The skincare line that I currently use, Curology, does that, and I love that because I sent in photos of my skin when it was so broken out, and I sent them to a dermatologist, and the dermatologist then made me my own special little formula, and now I use that morning and night, and it has made such a huge difference with my skin, and I would love to take that next step into using cleaner beauty products because like you're saying, it's so important to have like a good skincare routine with like a cleanser and moisturizer and a serum. But going that next step with like if you are wearing makeup at least a few days a week, what are you putting on your face then? So it's when I'm using like the CoverGirl foundation and powder and like that kind of contradicts the work that I'm doing when I'm wearing like the moisturizer and the serum and no makeup. So- oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then also when you're removing your makeup too, like wipes are so, so bad for you. So at least making sure which wipes you're using are clean wipes or using something else to remove your makeup because if you don't remove it properly, the residue kind of stays on and builds up. And that's how, you know, most of us girls like start breaking out, right? Like I've noticed that in the past where I haven't taken out my makeup fully or whatever the wipes I was using were not working properly. And then I literally noticed a couple of days later I'm breaking out. Literally, I am so bad with that. When I go out and drink, I get home and I I am just like, I'm tired. I spent a lot of time doing my makeup. I don't feel like taking it off and I will sleep in it all night and then I get up and take it off the next morning. But I know that messes with my skin so bad. So also something that I'm working on. Um, but yeah, but I can't say no to that I haven't done that <laughs> at least a few times, not even a handful, a few times. That's that's something that we're definitely all guilty of. Us us girls got to do better on that. Come on. But um, 
I think that I have asked you everything that I wanted to ask you, and I've talked about everything that was on my mind. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Anything else, like any other stories that you have about saying yes to you and saying no to other things that you wanted to share before we wrap up today? I just want to ask you, what are you saying yes to more nowadays? Ooh, I love this. I never get asked questions. Um, I think the one thing that I'm really big on saying yes to right now is intuitive fitness. And I'm finally starting to talk about it more because I'm first of all, I mean, I'm saying yes to making say yes to you and to a business and not just a podcast. And within my business, I'm going to have an aspect of intuitive fitness. So a lot of people know what intuitive eating is, and that's kind of just listening to your body, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, ditching the diet mentality, so no longer labeling foods as good or bad, that kind of stuff. And within that, there also comes like kind of intuitive fitness, which is using your intuition to exercise and not saying just like with intuitive eating, foods are good and bad, not kind of labeling exercises or certain ways of exercising as this is good and that's bad. Like going on a run is good and going on a walk is bad or lifting weights is good and doing yoga is bad, like that kind of stuff. So day to day, I'm trying to say yes to waking up in the morning, listening to my body and just kind of saying like, are you tired? Do you need rest? Are you feeling like you have energy and you want to go for a run? Like yesterday, I went to the gym and I had a lot of built up energy and I know that when I have built up energy, that's going to make me feel anxious. So I hopped on a treadmill and again, like I hopped on the treadmill without any plans. I just got on, I walked, I listened to music, I started running, and then I ended with a couple sprints and a little more walking. And I make sure that I talked about this on my story today, and I'm also trying to say yes to the minimum requirement for exercise, which is just moving your body for 30 minutes a day, five times a week. So I just used to be so fixated for a long time on like, I have to do super intense workouts and I have to lift weights and I have to be tiny and I have to have abs and all of these standards that I set for myself, like it's not like anybody else was even telling me this. I was just consuming too much social media content that was influencing me to think this way and set these ridiculous standards for myself. So now I'm really saying yes to rewiring my brain and kind of unlearning all of that information, which isn't hard, which is hard. It's not easy. And I'm just trying to wake up every day and say yes to moving my body for 30 minutes in any way that feels good for me. So that is really my main thing right now. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I love I love the point that you made that it's so hard to unlearn a behavior, right? Like it's hard to learn a behavior, but to unlearn that behavior and realize that what you were learning was just consumed by social media. I love that. I think we all do that, especially nowadays with the amount of social media we're consuming just by scrolling and just like going through like posts and Instagram and whether that's Facebook and all of these other new platforms now. We, our mind is so much built based on what we see and not all that we see is how it is. As we say, Instagram or all these other places, Facebook or other platforms are, are the highlight reels. Not everyone is out here sharing the authenticity, um, which I love that you are doing. I would love that I actually saw your post about the whole, like you, how you were saying earlier, like being small or be having abs, like the standards that you set for yourself 
But not everyone is doing that. Some people, like, and good for them. Like, some people are not comfortable. It's okay, like, with whatever they're sharing. But I think at the end of the day, you have to be true to yourself and realize that Instagram is just sometimes a highlight and it's not exactly how the world works. And that reminder is also going to help you to unlearn the behavior, but it's so hard. And I'm I'm just so proud that you're doing that. And I, I just love that you said that. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. And that definitely has not been easy as well. I mean, anybody that's followed me since the beginning, when I was like fitness by Ange, I was so into fitness and it's not easy for me to, again, like you said, rewire my brain and unlearn all of those behaviors. But the one thing that I keep saying, and I'm going to say it again, is that it's worth it. Like, I just had so many habits back then that were not realistic. And that is a huge thing for me now, too, was like, are the habits and the standards that you are setting for yourself with eating and fitness, are they realistic for you to keep long term? Like, are these things that you are going to want to do five, six, seven, 10, 15 years from now? Or are you setting yourself up for failure because you're doing something that's super intense and you look a certain way and you're thriving off of looking a certain way and then in 10, 15 years, you're not gonna look that way anymore. And I mean, all of our bodies change. So that's something that we have to be more comfortable with too, is that your body is gonna change no matter what. So I was just setting myself up for failure by exercising in order to look a certain way because at the end of the day I was never happy with myself where I always thought that I had to go through some three-month transformation which like was literally my thing I would just keep going through all of these like three-month 12-week transformations where I would achieve a certain image and then if I would fall out of that image I wouldn't feel good about myself anymore so yeah I just think it's all about setting realistic standards and then also huge thing that you said the content that we consume on social media, I say this all the time too, but people need to take the time out of their day if you're able to say yes to you and if you care at all about self-care. A huge part of self-care, I think, is taking the time out of like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday to literally scroll through all of the people that you follow and unfollow people, mute people, and block people because the content that you're consuming every single day has such a huge impact on the way that you think and the way that you act day to day and week to week. So I think that I am a good example of that. You're a good example of that. Just that like the people that I follow have influenced me to become more passionate and okay with loving my body the way it is, moving my body for 30 minutes a day a few times a week. Like because I changed all the content that I was consuming that then changed my own mindset and the things that I started preaching as well. So with that being said, I love your Instagram page and I would love for everybody listening right now to follow you. So where can people find you on social media? And then if they wanted to do the same kind of thing that you're doing with being a content creator and working for a clean beauty business, could they also do that as well? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram or find me at my name, which is D-H-R-U-V-I-I underscore S. And I have to clarify this to everyone. My name is only one I, but you know how Instagram doesn't let you make that name if it's already been taken. That's why it's double I underscore S. And thank you for having me and for sharing everything. I totally agree and just love what you're doing. Keep spreading that. Be authentic and just be yourself, Angie. That is all I've got for you guys today. I will talk to you next Friday. Have a great week. Bye.